Hello, everyone, and welcome to Call Your Hits, a Stormriders Airsoft podcast. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Today, Pat and I are going to be talking about pressure in Airsoft. And no, for once, we're not talking about Pat and his shiny new HPA setup, even though he really, really wanted to again. Wise. <laughs> Today, we are going to be talking about pressure. And we mean the pressure that we sometimes feel when it comes to playing Airsoft and truly any hobby that you have. Um, sometimes it's pressure from other people, sometimes it's from ourselves, but whatever the source, it's something that most of us will feel at some point in our time playing Airsoft. So we thought it'd be worth a bit of a chat about what the kinds of pressures that you might experience, which of those we have felt ourselves and how we responded to them or how we wish we'd responded over the, over the many years that we've been playing the game. So let's dive right in. And I think the first type of pressure that you're likely to experience from some people, depending on your age group and depending on your uh, friend circle, is pressures from others just not to play, right? Because it's childish, um, it's uh, imitation firearms or, or what have you. There's lots of reasons that people don't understand the hobby and might tell you, hey, it's stupid, don't do that, right? I mean, definitely. Um, ranging from, you know, like, I mean, friends of mine who I still have, who, you know, despite knowing that I enjoy this and being excellent people are still like, yeah, I really don't get that. Certainly um, talking to those friends about, you know, how much money I've spent on a new gun or whatever is uh, <laughs> a path to ruin in terms of uh, having any kind of enjoyable conversation. And that can definitely be um, a bummer. But I feel like in general, if you're frank with people and being like, oh, you know, like you're you're messaging about this is really depressing me getting me down like making me not want to go do it um anyone who's worth having around as a friend will probably immediately sort of step back and go oh that was not my intent right totally and we've talked about it before like i remember my parents used to make fun of me when i was like getting geared up and you know they'd be like oh you're going out hunting or going to war playing soldier all this kind of stuff but it was never really in a malicious way like they weren't telling me you know, they would never say something like, oh, well, it's stupid of you to do that, right? Or it's a stupid hobby or something like that. Don't, they don't understand it. I, you know, my parents are very smart people, but they don't understand why I enjoy it. And I can articulate to them why I do. And <laughs> that's not going to help them really get it any more than, than they do currently. But it's never been malicious. And it was never something that they were actively trying to get me to stop doing, right? Which is certainly something that men, maybe some of you will encounter. Definitely, you know. Um, I think mean, I've certainly had people uh, express concerns about what it would do to, you know, the optics of hiring me as a teacher um, mm -hmm. in the sense that, you know, if they go look at my Facebook, they're going to see basically pictures of me looking goofy and pictures of me carrying an airsoft gun and not a whole lot else, I guess. Mm -hmm. Some of the, the middle ground between the two. <laughs> um, but... You know, that's never a thing that's really come up as a negative, um, despite the concerns that people have sort of expressed to me. And honestly, I think they're fair in expressing those concerns. Um, you know, there are a lot of people out there who, uh, especially, you know, if you live in Canada where um, I would say the prevailing culture is more anti-gun for the most part, uh, you're going to run into potentially issues with that. Um, but 
it's never come up in an interview. No one's ever, you know, brought it up as a positive or a negative. Uh, the only people who I've ever interacted with in the context of like, oh, yeah, you play Airsoft are random students who've seen our videos or who yeah. play Airsoft with us and are like, hey, I got to shoot Mr. Warren. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, like, they're fine with it. <laughs> yeah. I think fundamentally, just like any sort of hobby or, or what have you, people who love you, people, your loved ones, your friends, who have your best interest at heart, are never going to ask you to stop doing something that you truly enjoy unless that thing is you know, harmful to you or something like that. You know, if you're, we're not talking here about substance abuse or whatever, right? But we will all pretend situ- for argument's sake that airsoft is cheaper than a coke habit. Yeah, but 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 seriously though, I think people who who really care about you are, n- are not going to look at something that you enjoy doing and go, "You should stop doing that thing because I don't particularly understand it. I don't get it. Um, I don't think you're really going to see that from your friends and loved ones. And if those are the people that you're hanging out with, then you may want to, you know, think about having a conversation with them to be like, guys, I enjoy this sort of layoff, right? Yeah. And I mean, you know, I think that um, there are probably sort of situations where you don't necessarily want to immediately discuss it as like the first thing you tell people about yourself, right? Um, And that may seem disingenuous, I guess, to some of our listeners, but um, you know, I've ever been asked about it in a job interview. I'm also not bringing it up in a job interview, right? Yeah, exactly. Just because of the fact that, it, yeah, it could reflect badly on me. Um, I think that anyone who feels that it reflects badly on me is being kind of, um, myopic, kind of nearsighted and a bit judgmental, but definitely a bit judgmental. Know, well, a lot judgmental, but, yeah. uh, I'd rather dodge that bullet rather than, um, risk sort of engaging with it head on yeah. in that context. Um, As a pro tip in a job interview, when they ask you what your hobbies are, they're not talking about airsoft. They mean like, do you play music? Do you volunteer? Like that kind of stuff, right? Just going in quite quite literally guns blazing with the airsoft hobby might not be your your, your best bet. Yeah, um, definitely. I mean, like I, weirdly, I would talk about the sword fighting, but that's more um, explainable as sort of like, oh, you know, I do it for exercise. Um, I don't necessarily have to get into with a prospective employer that I do it because, you know, I enjoy it fighting my friends. Um, yeah. yeah, exactly. Making it sound like Fight Club in the interview, unwise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one, of the, one of the types of pressures that you're definitely going to experience at some point and may, may probably repeatedly is actually the sort of, uh, yeah, it, but I mean, it's it's the reverse, right? It's the, the peer pressure of airsofters uh, who are either your friends or your community or your teammates or whomever um, that they're going to pressure you either directly or indirectly to play a particular way, right? So that could be playing a particular style of airsoft, for example, you know, oh, play speedball, oh, play milsim, right? Or playing with a particular type of gear or gear set or like on a particular platform that really you don't necessarily enjoy, but you're just doing it so that they they sort of lay off. And one of the things we've actually seen on the Discord a lot is people complaining about how um, people harp on them to really ditch their AEGs and just get on HPA, right? Um, and make them feel like HPA is the only way to go. And if you don't have an HPA gun, then, you know, you're um, either substandard or in worst cases, you know, like a, really make you feel like a loser to the point where these people have to have conversations being like, guys, lay off, I'm not interested in HPA. And despite my, you know, teasing Phil a minute ago, that's absurd, right? You know, like... yeah. Uh, mechanically speaking, I think that AEGs work great. I think that my HPA setup works great. Um, 
I literally am in the middle of buying another AEG to upgrade. I'm part of that's because I'm a crazy person and I enjoy it. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't be buying it if I thought it was going to be ineffective. Now would I? Um, and let's not mince words here. Like peer pressure is one of the most common forms of pressure that you'll experience in your life in general, not just, you know, specific to Airsoft. And it's it's quite challenging to uh, to deal with peer pressure if you're not really self-assured um, and especially if you're joining into like a brand new community, let's say you're hitting the airsoft field for the first time and you're meeting people there and you want them to like you and you want to make a good first impression. And so you feel all this pressure from other people to play the way that they think makes the most sense. And that, that can be a real challenge, right? For a lot of people. I mean, absolutely. And we've, um, you know, you and I have been guilty of it, right? Absolutely. Um, absolutely. you know, cause I, I definitely don't want to give people the impression, you know, that we're, uh, we're above this concern, right? You mm -hmm. know, um, we definitely bugged John for years about getting a, a modern kit. And I mean, obviously, um, you know, he joined the team using a World War II kit. Um, we value him as a, as a friend and as a player um, way more than we care about what he's bringing to the field to use. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> for the most agree. part. <laughs> um, but uh, I mean, certainly, I mean, we still frankly give him shit about you know showing up in weird attire with weird guns um not i think in a in a hurtful way at all um no definitely not and he's beyond he's beyond the reach of our peer pressure now because our our friendship is so um long-standing now and strong. but at the start at the start i definitely agree like i think we pushed him we tried to push really hard to get him a modern kit and just it did not it was not doing him any favors, put it that way. Yeah, and I mean, in in the long run, like he has gotten and run one, and it works really well, and he likes it, and sometimes he feels it. Um, and he, I think he sort of thinks of it as his like serious game face airsoft kit, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, and it's rad that it's worked out for him in that capacity. Um, but like in retrospect, I feel like we probably should have been less aggressive in our in our encouragement, shall we say. Uh, of him uh, yeah, doing I would that, agree. You know, um, and, and he runs his kit now, even his modern kit. He runs it the way that he wants to, right? And I, th I think about like the peer pressure example, and I remember you being a victim of that in the sense that you wore a plate carrier for a very long time. And we've talked about it on the podcast before. But I'm absolutely certain, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I I've known you a long time, and I don't think I am. Um, you wore that plate carrier for longer than you realistically needed to, because you wanted to be to fit in in terms of the uniformity of the team definitely right? and like i mean uh you're 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 100 correct i i kept that piece of kit longer than i should have uh, out of a desire to you know quote unquote fit in um and i mean the irony is that we had folks at the time wearing what i'm bought and i'm using right now um you know so i guess i still would have fit in fine i mean i do still fit in fine really in that sense mm -hmm. um i think it's worth saying that, like, you know, at the time, um, we were, as a team, kind of focused on, like, matching kit. Definitely. Um, yeah. You know, uh, so peer pressure to meet an aesthetic, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? Um, we're definitely guilty at, or have been guilty at times of the fashion soft thing, I think. Um, you know, of this looks really good, so everyone should do it because that'll look really good together. And, like, we weren't wrong. Uh, I'm not even sure we were, strictly speaking, wrong to do it. Uh, but it definitely doesn't jive with um, our current sensibilities or a lot of the sort of advice we've given on this podcast, you know. And it's worth, I think, reflecting on that um, 
both for our own sort of enlightenment, <laughs> um, but also because, hey, you know, our uh, our listeners deserve to know that, yeah, like, we definitely have made mistakes. We've definitely done a lot of the things we would advise against you guys doing <laughs> at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, because we tried it. And, then, yeah, you know, um, if your friend wants to rock an AK, let them rock an AK. It's not going to ruin your airsoft experience and it might enhance theirs, right? Definitely. And I think, you know, just thinking back on that for a second, I don't necessarily think it was uh, a mistake to do that because, of course, we learned something from it. But I will say that at the time, we were also very, very certain that that was the best way to run your airsoft kit. Absolutely. Right? Um, And I don't necessarily think we agree with that anymore. And we don't agree with that mentality or the mindset of, yeah, we had it figured out. As opposed to now, fast forward, where it's like, we don't have it figured out. We just, we know what works for us right now, but we're also constantly looking for ways to improve and change and grow as opposed to back then for which for many years was like, nope, this is the way. And right? I think that, and that's it full stop. Yeah. I mean, I think our, our pivot away from hubris uh, into questioning all of our kit all of the time has been a really good one uh, for our effectiveness and for our fun, honestly, on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, partly because, yeah, I think that, you know, uh, all of the things we thought about everyone on our team running, you know, uh, M4 mag rifles were absolutely right. You know, uh, there are a lot of situations in play where it's really useful to be able to hot swap mags with your friends. Um, you know, we're having everyone operating the same sort of form factor of gun is really helpful. That being said, you know, if someone wants to run an FAL, eh, whatever. At this point, you know, if someone wants to run an AK, you know, uh, if one of us reaches into the box of weird guns and pulls out a weird gun for today, great. You know, um, the Garand is pretty effective. I can't swap mags with you, but like, yeah, you know, I have fun, you have fun, the game gets played. Exactly, exactly. You know, so like, I mean, I still think that for, um, you know, like if we were going to travel to a big milsim as a group, I'd probably recommend everyone run their M4s because of the most reliable gear we have. Um, and because, hey, if one of them breaks, we've got a couple of spares. So like there's swappability Easy peasy, there. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, you know, I, uh, I really have reached the point where, you know, aside from guns that I find ergonomically uncomfortable, I'm going to use whatever I want. And I encourage everyone who I play with to do the same thing, right? Like if you think P90s are super cool, run a P90, unless you're an orangutan like me, in which case probably don't because you'll hurt your neck. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I mean, it's, you know, the gear is one thing. So it's it, it certainly, you need to have a little bit of self-assuredness to be able to say, okay, well, I'm just going to run the things that I want to, especially when people are telling you, oh no, this thing that I'm recommending is empirically better than yours. Firstly, if people tell you something is empirically superior in any way, shape or form, just ask to see the data. It would be my <laughs> advice. Yeah. We're a little light on scientific testing in uh, ergonomics of your soft rifles. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But on the flip side, I mean, there's nothing wrong with saying, to them, it's like, okay, well, why don't I sort of borrow your kit or, you know, borrow someone else's or whatever and give it a try. And if you don't enjoy it, then you can turn around and say, well, you know, thanks for the lend, but honestly, I didn't find it that fun. So no, thank you. I mean, HPA, and it's funny how we said we, were gonna, we weren't going to talk about HPA, but here we are. Um, I used Pat's HPA gun. Uh, no, not Pat's HPA gun. I used Stefan's HPA gun for a game last summer. Don't remember exactly the date, late summer. And I had fun with it but I didn't like love it, 
right? And I was like, okay, well, this is fine. I like the way the trigger feels. It's interesting. But at the end of the day, like I'm, I'm totally fine with the setup that I had. So that's, that's okay too. Right. And I didn't feel any pressure from him. That's not why I'm bringing it up, but that's sort of what you should be doing. If someone tells you, Hey, do this, it's better. Well, try it out. And if it's not as fun for you, well, then that's fine too. And the same goes for everything really like game styles in particular. Some people will tell you, Oh, Speedsoft is the only way to play. Uh, I was talking to, to one of the guys on the discord who's like, he always just wants to play silly airsoft right? That's not really my thing. And if I went to the field and that's the way that people were playing, I might be like, okay, well, maybe I don't enjoy this particular type of airsoft and I need to make a decision for myself. Like, is this the right community for me? Um, or, you know, will I ever find this fun? Give it the old college try. And if I still don't, then there's no reason that I should continue. And similarly in other communities, if you are in a community that mostly plays Milsim or Woodsball, like maybe that's not something that you, that's interesting to you. So, you know, what can you do? And you should definitely not force it because when you force it, that's when you start to get burned out. And that's true of Airsoft just as is any other hobby, right? If it's not fun for you, if it becomes a chore, that's that's not a good thing, right? You only have so much leisure time. You should be focusing on stuff that you actually find fun, right? Yeah, I mean, there's no value to playing Airsoft in a way that you don't find enjoyable, really. Um, I think it's worth, you know, uh, trying everything and I really feel that the more game types you try and the more you play the more you frankly mess around with different options in airsoft the better off you are um, mm -hmm. you know so I would encourage players who only play you know speedsoft to try some milsim but I'd also encourage players who only play milsim to try some speedsoft you know um, yeah we have had a blast the few times we've played sort of the the speedsoft field especially doing like pistols only um, you know, tossing around our extra pistols and doing like, you know, akimbo pistols. Yes, it's absolutely not our normal speed of airsoft. <laughs> um, you know, it's not the approach we normally follow, but it's a laugh, right? Um, you know, I'm not big into like indoor killhouse airsoft. Um, I think it's actually pretty fun to be completely honest with you. Uh, I just, you know, still don't own uh, Face Pro as we've been talking about for a couple of months now. Um, mm -hmm. I will make a point of doing that, I think, before uh, the end of the winter. But it's winter, eh, you know. I mean, yeah. and the irony saying that is, you know, oh, it's winter. So I could go play at the indoor facility if I owned the stuff and felt like it. Uh, but also, you know, this is sort of a busy season for me uh, in terms of, like, work stuff. So... Uh, you and I mean, know. It, it works, it works both ways too. Like, I mean, we have, you know, Rob and Sean come down and they, they play airsoft at front line and that's not really their thing. They really prefer Milsim, but they come out, they have, you know, a couple games. I don't say that they hate their experience there. I mean, we always have a laugh. So, I mean, that, if anything, sort of betrays at least a little bit of fun, but it's a good opportunity for them to meet people in the community and then you know, promote their style of play to other people who might never have seen it before. And I know that they have guys on the team that started playing at Frontline who they wanted to do more Milsim and now they're rolling with with those guys, right? So it's an opportunity, you know, to when you cross-pollinate like that to spread out a little bit and try and cast a wider net, so to speak, to find the kinds of players who enjoy the things that you do. And I think simil similarly, like if you look at, there's a guy on, on the, the guy on the Discord who uh, <laughs> likes to play Silly Airsoft, Storm Wizard, uh, he, you know, he's playing at a field where people are doing their silly stuff and some guys are doing the, the serious stuff and, well, maybe some of them want to cross-pollinate too. So 
rather than feel that pressure to play a particular way, I would say take it from the reverse angle. And like Pat was saying, try as much as you can to figure out what exactly is the most fun for you and then do more of that and less of the stuff that's less fun, right? Definitely, you know, and I mean, I think it's worth saying here, like avoiding the the sort of pressure aspect of this um, can be done without being confrontational, can be done without, you know, being hostile. Um, mm. I think that one of the one of the worst things you can do really as an airsofter is tell other people what to think. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say that's true of just being people in general. Yeah, fair. Um, so if we're going to sort of build from that idea, you know, you're way better off uh, suggesting fun things to do, suggesting things you enjoy, putting in the work, building uh, milsim games and inviting people to play, building... Uh, a community who like playing silly, you know, games, tinkering with your silly games though, right? If you're really into sort of goofier soft modes, try to find ones that other people enjoy too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and hey, like we've, we've played hot potato with, uh, with tornado grenades after games just as a, like, yeah, why not? You know, um, this is how we're going to unload the grenade because no one used it today. Um, yeah. Silly is fine. But yeah, like you want to aim for stuff that people are collectively going to enjoy because this is very much a hobby that requires a group to really dig into. So the other thing that I, the last thing I think I would say about the, the peer pressure aspect and what Pat was just saying, which is so true. If you look at what Airsoft looks like in our community today, it looks nothing like it did 15 years ago. Or even five. Right. Or even five. Yeah. And that didn't happen accidentally. Right. It happened as a consequence of the players in the community making recommendations for new game types, recommendations for how the field might be laid out better, recommendations to try certain games that were a complete disaster. So we knew never to do it again. Definitely. You know, not every idea we've ever tested has been a good one. (laughs) Yeah. Most, I would say, have been absolute rubbish. But ultimately, the, the point I'm trying to make here is that by suggesting these things and like pat was saying by trying to get people to come out of their shell a little bit and try different things it's an opportunity for you as a community to really create a space that everyone has the most fun in as much as possible and i would say that that's extremely important if you live in a place where the airsoft community is rather small we've been talking to a lot of people on the discord like for example jordan uh, and Chaz, who live in the continental united states and they have the opportunity of being able to go to many different fields and many different operations you know not too far away so it's actually feasible for them to, to move around but There's lots of our listeners from around the world who maybe only have access to one field. So what are you going to do, right? The question came up on the Discord the other day, like if the field that you played at or that was nearest to you was the only field and they didn't do what you enjoy doing, would you just quit Airsoft? And if the answer to that question for you is yes, well, that's too bad because you have an opportunity to see if you can work with that field to make it more fun and make it more uh, more appealing to you. And so if we think about Frontline for us, they do things, they play types of games that we don't particularly enjoy, but they play lots of games that we actually have a blast at. And so it's about hitting that, that you know, that middle ground, so to speak. So um, try not to get, you know, sort of buried by the peer pressure if they're not doing things the way that you want to playing games that you don't enjoy playing. And rather try and suggest ways that you could modify those games to make them a bit more fun for yourself, right? And, you know, it's it's one of those things where 
I would certainly encourage anyone who's thinking about, you know, quitting Airsoft for reasons like that, or most other reasons, honestly, other than you're sure you're not having fun ever, to, mm -hmm. you know, give it some time, feel it out. Um, you know, it's, uh, given that you will, generally speaking, not quite get full value for your gear, um, it's often going to be better for you to sit on it a little while longer and make sure you're done <laughs> um, than to just sort of get rid of it. But I know for even for yourself, like you took, you know, several months, like almost a full year. I think I I don't I remember you not playing, right? And it wasn't I think purposeful. I think you did have a lot of things on the go, so to speak. Yeah, um, but that sort of forced break, not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, I think that it was, um, yeah. I mean, pretty close to a year. I think I might have played like twice in that year, um, and. Uh, you know, I was working, I think, four jobs <laughs> uh, over the course of the year. So, like, I was pretty busy uh, with that. And um, I guess you could say, like, combined with that, I wasn't, you know, really necessarily feeling um, playing Airsoft as much at the time. Um, you know, the two games I did go to, like, I had a lot of fun, but it was like, Pat, come out and play. And I was like, sure. You know, <laughs> mm. um, you know more of a more of a like you guys going you know hey friend come do the thing and be going yeah i should do that um but uh it definitely you know i would have regretted selling off my gear during that period a lot and i don't think i ever really thought about it like it wasn't a break that i took as you said intentionally you know i didn't go out of my way to take a break from airsoft it just sort of happened that i didn't get to play for about a year um and admittedly that i didn't like make time or, or focus on it or make an effort to go you know i certainly there were points where i could have gotten up early after you know yeah i was working till 12 but like you know i can get up at eight that's fine <laughs> but anyways i think we, we digress a little bit yeah definitely uh, it actually relates to the other piece of this that i want to talk about which is sort of pressure on yourself while you're playing right yeah. um because there were definitely points during that year where like i didn't go because I, you know, was like, oh, you know, I haven't played in six months. Like, I'm just going to, I'm going to be hindrance. I'm not really, you know, where I should be with my skill set. Like, and, um, I mean, not everyone, you know, thinks that way or, or deals with stuff that way. Um, but there are other kinds as well, right? You know, there, there's, there's pressure to perform pressure to like, oh man, I gotta, I gotta come and go and be really, really good. Um, yep. and like, especially for players who are, uh, you know, super competitive in their mindset or uh you know frankly one of the issues we've had definitely is you know like you show up and you're like oh well, i'm the veteran player and like i've got all this good gear and so like i should be kicking ass and some days you're not on your game you know and some days i mean it's airsoft yeah. like some days it's just oh that's a lot of bbs <laughs> right um and not putting too much pressure on yourself can be really really important um both i think in terms of like not putting pressure on yourself to go play airsoft if you're really not feeling it as I was for, you know, a chunk of that year that I wasn't really playing too much, but also not putting pressure on yourself to not go because you're, oh, I'm not up to snuff or, you know, um, like putting pressure on yourself to perform in a way that is making the game experience negative. Right. So like, uh, Chris will always be like, Oh, go push, push, push. Right. When we're playing. And that's awesome. Right. That is, I think a positive kind of pressure because he motivates me to do better, right? He motivates me to not be a slacker, um, which is rad. But 
there are circumstances where, you know, like that sort of thing could be negative. And I've never found Chris's efforts to motivate me negative. But like, if you're going to, you know, there are people who are going to beat themselves up because they're not, you know, doing well enough. Right. And like, you know, I don't think we've ever explicitly talked about this, but like I've played airsoft games where, you know, I played for the full day and basically only got shot in the face, <laughs> right? Where the only thing yeah. that happened for that four hours of airsoft was I played and got shot and played and got shot. And, you know, um, maybe I accomplished some stuff in terms of like holding down uh, pieces of dirt and shooting and providing cover fire for my team. And I was effective in those ways, but like, I definitely was like, I don't even know if I got a kill today. <laughs> yeah. Um, and those days are fine too, right? And beating yourself up about it is unwise. It's it's not helpful. It's unproductive. <laughs> it's so funny that you bring Chris up in that example because he and I have had conversations about anxieties that he has before games where he's worried that he's not going to be good enough, that he's not going to perform at the level that we need him to perform. And I say need in quotation marks, like need him to perform on the team. Uh, I felt that way too. You know, you before the game, you're... You're just sitting back. I, I, you know, I think about like the night before the drive out to to the field, and I'm like, you know, am I going to be good enough today? Like, am I going to be aggressive enough? Am I going to be able to do the things that I need to do? Am I going to be smart? And am am I going to be good? Is everybody else going to think that uh, I, that I'm as good as they think I am? Right? Am I going to live up to the expectation that other people have of me? And um, am I going to pull my weight for you know? our team right and especially totally. like uh, as our team has fluctuated in like size you know um i think when our team was at its biggest we had i guess by the nature of it being at its biggest also you know some of the best set of players we've ever had um mm -hmm. in terms of skill set and you know i definitely felt pressure to sort of keep up in terms of my skills there because you know, the, the four best guys on the team when there were 15 of us were definitely a damn sight better than me. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. you know, um, and I don't say that as like a self-pitying thing. It's, yeah, they were really good. Statement of fact. Yeah, yeah right. Just, like, just, yeah, I feel the same way. Yeah. Um, you know, and that doesn't mean I was bad at airsoft. Just, oof. Um, and that was good motivation for me a lot of the time, to be honest. Um, but there was definitely a period where like people, you know, moved away because real life is real life and our team sort of contracted down to its current, you know, seven or eight people, you know, of whom five or six are at a game in a given day. Mm -hmm. And there was sort of a like, well, now I've got to pull the weight those guys were pulling kind of feeling. And, mm -hmm. you know, like I, I can't, <laughs> you know, yeah, for sure. Um, and there were definitely points where I faulted myself for that, you know, where I was like, oh man, like you're not living up to the, the, the team reputation. And like, we never cared about that. You know, like that's yeah. no one on our team is on our team for any reason other than that. We thought they were fun to hang around with. No one who's ever been on our team has ever been on our team for any reason other than that. So, yeah, that's right. You know, um, and like, I'm one of the two founding members and that's always been our ideology. And still I was there thinking like, oh man, like I, I gotta do really well. Um, yeah. you know, and I guess present Pat would define doing really well at Airsoft as going and having a good time and making sure everyone else does too. Um, but you know, that version of me was, was definitely more like, oh man, we got to win. We got to, we got to push. We had to do really, really, really well. Um, or I'm letting everyone down. Um, and yeah, I think that was probably not healthy for my enjoyment of the game, shall we say. 
and it's a constant struggle. Like there, there are lots of times where I can go to airsoft and I don't necessarily have those expectations set for myself. Um, and that will vary during the day. Like during the day, I feel like, Hey, like I've just played three games and I haven't gotten hit yet. So, uh, you know, I got to keep that up. Right. Um, and people think I'm, you know, I'm hot shit because uh, I've got S01 on my badge and people know that I'm a storm rider and they know I have a YouTube channel with the team and all of these things are going through your head and you're just, you know, you're looking around being like, oh yeah, well, people are looking to me for leadership. People are looking to me for an example. And you're creating all of these things in your head about what other people's perception are of you. And, you know, there's a French philosopher, Jean-Paul Sartre, who said that hell is other people. And that is what he meant when he said that, that we're putting ourselves through hell by thinking about what other people's perceptions of us are. And the reality is that when people are at the eight airsoft field, they're looking to have a good time. They really, really do not care about you, about you know your teammates, about anybody else. Yeah, they'll gripe or they'll say, hey, that was a good shot or they'll give you a high five or whatever. But at the end of the day, nobody is looking at you going like, huh, Phil certainly sucks today. Nobody is thinking like that, right? Nobody, nor on your team, nor on your opponent's teams. Like nobody is thinking that way. That's that's a that's a pressure that you've put on yourself that just it does not exist. And it's it's the trick of sort of avoiding egocentrism in anything. Um, you know, yeah. this this view that oh my god, every single person out here is focusing on me. Uh, no one is, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I I've played a lot of airsoft games. I'm I'm frankly I'm willing to bet you know like. You know, as I said, I've played a bunch of games where I definitely got no kills over the entire day. And I guarantee yeah. you no one on my team noticed and no one on my team. Yeah. Cared. Well, it's like when people come up to you and this, you know, this sometimes happens. Some You get some cocky person at the field who's like, oh, man, I've got a 13 to one kill death ratio today. Right. And you just realize that, well, he's been keeping track. But he's telling other people because nobody else has been keeping track. Because nobody else cares, right? It's It really doesn't matter to anybody, right? Except for the fact that now people are walking away from that interaction going, huh, can you believe that cocky bastard? Like, that's the end of that, right? You know, you know what the only thing that has ever had a 13 to 1 kill ratio at our, our Airsoft games is? <laughs> the McDonald's our guys got on the way to the field. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> But, you know, truthfully, when you're thinking about all these pressures that you're putting on yourself, I think being able to put some pressure on you is okay, right? Being able to understand, like, you know, you're, you have some things that you want to achieve, that's okay. But what we're talking about here is like these undue pressures that really sap the fun out of out of the, the what you're doing. Like, if you have a particular mission in the game that you have to accomplish and everything is riding on it... Yeah, it's okay to feel pressure for that because you know what? There's a lot riding on it and that's okay. But for the rest of it, like you need to be able to contextualize it a little bit. And like Pat was saying about the egocentrism, like take your ego out of it and you realize, hey, hang on, you know, I'm not looking at anybody else that way. Chances are that they're not looking at me that way either. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, if you're playing a game and, you know, the objective is to, you know, get the crate to the end of the field. Great, push, 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 go, 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 right? Um, mm-hmm. because, hey, if you, if you're there, you know, not that I always succeed at this, but yeah, give it your all, right? Um, as long as that's fun, you know, but like, I think it's equally okay to be completely frank, to look at, you know, um, fill in the guys in a random game and go, no, I think I'm just going to hip fire the Thompson for the entire game while laughing maniacally. Is that yeah, combat effective? Absolutely. Not really. Is it a laugh? Absolutely. 
whatever. Yeah. You really need to, to sort of check yourself. If you're, if you're getting into a position where you're just like, you're anxious about how well you're performing for no good reason, right? Like if this is a skirmish game, like I, I remember feeling anxious about my performance going to a skirmish game where it was going to be me and Johnny and Stefan, and we're just going to play against like 12 randoms or whatever. And I'm worried about how we're going to like, there's no need for that. Right. So you need to check that and say, okay, how do I start having fun here? Right? How do I walk away from how anxious or nervous I feel? And how do I make that fun? And, and if it's hip firing your Thompson for an entire game, then that's fine. That's fine. But sometimes it's just a, looking at your teammates, the people who you play with, who you actually care about and say, you know what, guys, like, I'm not having fun doing X. Like, I'm not having fun being the leader right now. Can you guys just take the reins for a bit? Because And this, this is legit stuff that I've done where I'm like, you know what? I'm not coming up with a plan this time. You just tell me where to go and that'll be more fun for me. You got to be able to do that kind of stuff, right? And I mean, you know, one of the things we've talked about previously is that my issue uh, or is sort of the inverse, right? Like, I'm... Uh, I'm pretty lazy in terms of me showing up and being like, yeah, you know, I don't really want to like think through the tactical stuff. I'm just going to go with the flow. Um, mm -hmm. That's not an issue with my ability to think through tactical stuff or plan. So if Phil's go, Phil goes, you know, man, I don't want to do that aspect of things for the next while. I'm like, oh, all right, I'll turn my brain on and stop just, you know, moving and pointing and shooting, whatever. All right. That's a non-issue for me. Um, but like, there shouldn't be pressure there either way as well, right? Like if Phil's not having fun, he should be able to tell me. If I'm not having fun, I should be able to tell him and then we work together to, you know, adapt that, right? Um, yeah. And that too is, you know, like avoiding that sort of egocentrism because, you know, I mean, Phil and I have been friends forever. He knows full well that basically I don't care, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I care if he's having fun, but you know, if there is a way we can change the game so he's having more fun, I'm basically always going to be in, right? <laughs> like, totally. you know. Yeah. Um, so you're going to feel that pressure. And I think any sort of hobby, you're going to eventually feel that pressure if you're getting to a point where you're, you, you've got some skin in the game, right? Whether it's you're playing an instrument and you feel like you're getting quite good or whether you're, you know, playing chess and you're, you know, you've got your, your, your ELO is getting up there. You're, you've cracked a thousand. Now you're up to 1500. You're, you know, you're coming up on 2000 or whatever. Like you're going to feel some pressure. And when you start feeling that pressure, you really need to consider whether this thing that you're doing for fun is still is still being fun. And like I said, it's okay to have pressure in situations where pressure is warranted. But if the only thing you feel when you're thinking about Airsoft, you're prepping for the game, is the pressure like, oh no, I've got to upgrade my gear because I need to be able to compete because I need to go to the field and I need to do well. And if that's how your mentality is working all the time, eventually, at some point, you will burn out. It is going to happen. You are human and we all will go through that. So you need to sort of recognize some of the early warning symptoms ahead of time and sort of try and put some, um, so some countermeasures in place basically, right. To, to prevent you from going full burnout and whether that's talking to people on your team about how you're feeling is super important, but even just like Pat did, you know, walking away either, um, accidentally or on purpose for a while so that you, can re reevaluate how you feel about that hobby in a non-emotional, non-burnt out state. Totally. And, right? you know, I think Phil sort of has hit the nail on the head there, right? Uh, that, you know, some pressure when it's warranted is fine. But if Airsoft is becoming a thing where you feel pressure about it, you know, all of the time when you're playing or all of the time when you're preparing or thinking about it, try to let that go. 
you know, mm-hmm. um, try to sort of take a deep breath and, you know, go for a walk, have a beer, have a coffee, whatever chills you out, right? Listen to some metal. Uh, and don't get caught up, get out of your head. Yeah, absolutely. And the last thing I would say too, when you think about Airsoft, this is one of the ways that I've sort of been able to recontextualize some of the things that we're doing, for myself anyway, is that nobody is winning any medals. And here I don't mean like combat decorations, I mean like Olympic medals, right? There is no prize for first place in Airsoft. Ain't no prize money. Nobody, (laughs) yeah, like nobody is winning a car or a scholarship to a school or suddenly going to go on their like NCAA like airsoft team for the college or university they attend like that's not a thing right that does i mean it would be great if it were but it's just it's it does not exist there's nothing riding here the only thing that's riding really is ego and when you sort of really appreciate that and onboard it and consider it that can help you feel a little bit less pressure because Really, the only pressure is the pressure that you're feeling about this particular game, the problem that's ahead of you with this mission or the game that you're, the particular match that you're playing or whatever. And then the rest of it, don't worry too much about it. Now, the pressure you feel from someone shooting at you while you're in cover, that pressure is fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would say too, just as a sort of a, a last note there, if you are the kind of person who makes Airsoft content like we do, there absolutely is pressure to create content out there, right? You will have pressure that exists for putting out content at, on a regular basis, right? So for example, we do a podcast every week um, and I feel a little bit of pressure to keep that up because it's something we've been into, but I also enjoy it and it's not super onerous. So, I mean, the pressure is let's get in touch with Pat and let's record something or let's find somebody else. You know, it's pretty easy peasy. But I mean, you said last week before we started recording our last episode that, you know, you were... You know, you were feeling the pressure in the sense that, like, you felt like we hadn't created enough content for our YouTube channel lately. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, and at, and at the end of the day, our conversation came around basically to, well, you know, buying a new house, moving into a new house, real life stuff happens. And yeah. that's all you can do about it, right? Yeah. Um, you know, that is airsoft in your, you know, middle 30s. <laughs> and I mean, that's any go. sort of hobby, right? Like, there's there's other things that I do other than airsoft and uh, our content. I do have other hobbies. And I haven't done a whole lot of those either because we've been extremely busy. So, fair enough. But what I mean is you'll have pressure that exists um, from communities and algorithms telling you you need to make this type of content right educational contact doesn't get clicks on youtubes you need to make um sniper gameplay headshot cheaters right uh compilation videos like that or you need to do airsofters react or you need to get a real soldier reacting to airsoft five things you don't know about airsoft (laughs) yeah exactly you know five things you don't know about airsoft like all this kind of stuff that will get the clicks and, and whatnot and while that's true you can certainly feel a lot of pressure to do those things. And if that's not what you enjoy, then you shouldn't be doing those things. So for example, one of the things that keeps coming up is people saying, hey, you should make gameplay videos. And frankly, we're not interested in making gameplay videos unless they're educational as well, which we have done. Um, And if you keep asking me to make gameplay videos, I'll keep pointing you to those videos because that's what we find interesting, right? We want to convey knowledge and information and sort of tips and tricks to our our community. And if that's not what we're doing, 
then I'm not really game for that. That's not interesting to me. There's other channels out there. And it can be very, very hard not to feel the pressure because you're like, okay, well, I want to grow my channel. So we, I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to do shorts. I need to do all this kind of stuff. And at the end of the day, like, if that's not what you find fun, you shouldn't do that, right? If you don't find it fun to wear a camera to a game and you're doing it because you feel sort of obligated, that's not what you should be at, right? You should really be focusing on finding the kind of content that you, you see fun. And I would also say on the flip side, just because you wear a camera, uh, whether it's a GoPro or whatever, doesn't mean you have to share that content with anybody. You can just create it for yourself and review the content for yourself, learn from it, and that's totally okay too. You shouldn't be pressured to create content or do anything with that. Yeah, I mean, having a GoPro uh, on, not that I have done so very often, but like, you know, getting to watch what you've done after the game and go, hmm, yeah, okay, things to work on is really helpful. Uh, you know, uh, astute viewers will have noticed that I seldom appear in videos, um, you know, and I'm, I mean, I'm pretty sure I've copped to this before. It's because people keep making fat jokes on uh, YouTube and it pisses me off. Um, you know, I don't find that fun. Right. And that's not like a matter of like, oh, I'm ashamed of my body or anything like that, particularly. It's just I don't have time to fight with people on the Internet. <laughs> yeah. And it's not fun. Ultimately, like if that's what you're worried about, uh, then that's not going to make an enjoyable process for you. But at the end of the day, where I'm trying to get is just. You need to be having fun, especially when it comes to making content, and you really need to think about what type of content is fun for you. Now, if it's fun for you to make a random video that gets a million clicks, then that's the only thing you want to do, then cool. Awesome. Um, but <laughs> for us, it's been more fun creating a community and creating a sort of a, a library of educational content that people can look back on, um, including ourselves, right? And look back on some of the things that we've said four or five years ago and say, you know what? We're actually not doing that anymore, and here's why, which is something that we've started doing as a, as a bit of a side note. Frankly, appreciating that, you know, we've we've grown in terms of our approaches to stuff, right? You know, like, I'm not ashamed that past Pat, you know, uh, lifed Johnny perhaps more than was reasonable about um, what he was bringing to Airsoft and how he was kidding himself out for Airsoft. But, like, I'm glad that I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah, that's you right. You know, I'm glad that I'm not gonna. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So to close out... Don't feel pressure. Don't feel undue pressure. Don't create undue pressure for yourself. And really stick to what you find fun. And if something is really harsh in your vibe, uh, so to speak, uh, consider whether it's warranted, right? Whether you're, you're, it's, you should be feeling pressure about this. And if it's coming from somebody else, you can figure out ways to make it stop. And if it's coming from yourself especially, give yourself a break, right? Cut yourself some slack. It's okay. Nobody cares right? Except for you. And you'll pick it up next time. It's fine, right? Have a crap game. Have five crap games. Who cares, right? You'll do better next week. Take a month off. But, you know, some people might say, oh, you're not playing enough. Who cares? Take a month off. Take two months off, right? Um, do your ready-ups, P.S., in between. But certainly... <laughs> Perishable <if> skills. <laughs> yeah. If you need to take some time off, like, you should not feel guilty about that, right? So you will encounter pressure. We certainly have We've done our best to work through them. We've been more successful than others. I should say, we've been more successful at certain times than others, um, but it's a process, right? For sure. And yeah, I mean, have fun. That's, that's really the big takeaway is, you know, cut yourself some slack, try not to beat yourself up too much and try to make sure you're having fun. Absolutely. So with that said, guys, um, 
If you want to share some of your stories about how you've worked through your pressure, we'd love to hear them. The Discord is a very active place. Um, we have new people joining from all around the world all the time. We've got lots of people in there from the US, the UK, from Europe, and so on. Uh, we'd love to have you join us if you're listening to this and you haven't joined already. Now is your, your call to action. Um, as always, that's all we really have for you this week, and we will talk to you next week. Hopefully you have an excellent week in between. Thanks for tuning in, guys. You all have a great week, and come join the Discord and pressure us to make more uh, content. <laughs> yeah. Take care, everyone.